Hello, and welcome to the Comedian's Paradise. This is a podcast where it speaks to mavericks and interesting characters from the entertainment world. Now, today's guest, well, he's got so many different names. He is like Madonna, like Prince, like like Cher, in that he's given himself a unique stage name that makes him stand out. It's like you, you've heard of um, Tom Jones, You've heard of Jones, which is a Welsh name. So I'm guessing he is, he is an LA comic, but his stage name is Jonesy. So I'm guessing there's a bit of Welsh there. He's a man who finds a lot of weird news. He's like a researcher, a journalist in comedy. He's been gigging for 14 years. He's a man with so many diverse backgrounds. He is the Russian doll of the LA comedy scene. Please welcome Jonesy. Well, thank you so much, Marvin. I've never had such an extravagant introduction before. I, I like how you threw the Welsh thing in there. I've gotten that before. People will ask me, Is, uh, are, you, are you Welsh? And honestly, I don't know because the, my last name Jones is an adopted name. So I, uh, uh, I believe it probably is, is Welsh, um, but I've definitely embraced it. And the, the nickname Jonesy I've had for a very long time, which is a very common nickname for anyone with the last name Jones. Anyways, so yeah, pretty common. And so everyone started with just my friends calling me that and then uh, everybody called me that. And I, th I thought, well, I'll just keep going with that as a stage name as well. And it it fits. Um, I'm not the only one, but yeah, I'm doing OK with it. And I'm happy to be on your on your podcast as well. Thanks for having me on the Comedian's Paradise. Let's let everybody know what a paradise it is to be a comedian. Oh, it, it's it's well, it's it's always a cesspit, isn't it? It's a cesspit of drugs, cocaine, alcohol, um, gin. What else is there? And uh, low pay. <laughs> 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 so if you like all, if you like all of that and low pay, then the being a comedian is for you, my friend. <laughs> but and unless unless you're good with social media marketing and podcast marketing or unless you know how to sort of whatever reason you know how some people follow a lot of women on instagram because they got nice attributes or yes. men because they have nice attributes sure if you have a lot of fans like that in comedy then boom you're you're sorted out yeah i mean I'm, i make more money off my podcast than i do with any sort of live stand-up comedy appearances definitely um yeah, I, I did. In fact, I get, did a gig Wednesday night, $50 and uh, food and drinks. It's like that's kind of typical in the L.A. area. <laughs> 50 bucks, 100 bucks and some free drinks. OK, you know, not exactly money you can live off of, though. So it's helpful if you got some um, nice knockers, you can uh, start an, <laughs> you can start an OnlyFans account and supplement your income that way. And, and you don't even have to be funny with your knockers. They can just be their knockers. That's yeah, <laughs> no, but it's it's effectively. It, uh, I've had this from a few comics in terms of like if it's a big part of it is you know your marketing and like that's a big part of how you do in comedy and like your your networking. Not it's you also got to be funny, but like the with Sammy C and he's okay with me saying this before the podcast. He said to get booked and shows what you do is you always have a drink with the promoter. <laughs> rather than oh, like sure yeah there's like, a lot of that um you have to network like that because there's a lot of comedians these days um 
I started uh, when I started in uh, it's actually I've been doing it longer than 14 years. I started in 2004. And at the time, there wasn't it didn't seem to me as though there was as many comedians. You could get paid and get on stage a little easier. Uh, something's happened since then. There's been a real explosion. The popularity of stand up comedy, I think, uh, that came with streaming helped. You know, all of a sudden there was all of all this stand up comedy was on Netflix and Hulu. And, and it, it wasn't like that before. Uh, and and of course, with the podcasting as well, all of these comedians voices have been injected into the culture with podcasts and everybody, every uh, big name comic seems to have one these days. And uh, it just seems like there's uh, we're taking in more content created by comedians than we've ever have before. And I think that's influenced younger generations to want to get into it. Um, and and they have. And so now there's so many comedians. Uh, you have to do a little legwork to get work these days. You have to have a drink with the promoter. You know, you really have to spend your time doing that, hanging out more than ever before. Um, networking efforts uh, definitely need to be ramped up these days, you know, uh, for sure. And, you know, Sammy nails it. And then it, it helps if you have a thing about you, like Sammy's a gay comic. So Sammy, um, and I would imagine Sammy gets work that way. You, you know, you know who you are and you know where your audience is. Um, he probably uh, makes a, a nice income when he gets on some sort of, you know, LGBTQ comedy shows and festivals and whatnot. It's probably an avenue for him. So knowing who you are and who your audience is it helps as, as well, if you can kind of narrow that down. Um, yeah, my audience is uh, stupid people. I just I just narrow in on the stupid people. They love me. <laughs> is is there so there are quite a lot of successful comics in the uk that you know they may not do the circuit that much they may not be big circuit comedians but they're very you know they they've got people that love what they do and they just make a living doing that and is there what's the word for it one of the things that people say of comedy is that it's not it's treated too much as one art form in music if you don't like it they say oh i don't like that style of genre but in comedy is saying oh if they don't like you you're not funny is there a bit of a thing going on with la in terms of comics as trying starting to find their own niches and there's different sort of groups coming in as a result of that uh well there niches have definitely been a thing in la and i, I noticed it in new york as well uh, and it's because I'm, I'm just speaking of the niches here. Uh, people are opening uh, more venues and uh, creating more live shows that happen to be in niches. Uh, example, in L.A., you can uh, you can find all female comedy shows where all the comics are just females, uh, all gay um, Urban rooms, we call them urban rooms, where you'll go and you'll—it's mostly uh, black comics. Um, there are Mexican comedy rooms as well out here in LA, where all the comics you'll see are, uh, you know, Latin. Um, you'll even find uh, shows that are only in Spanish-speaking, Spanish-speaking shows. Uh, there's so many niches now that um, it's created all of these little categories, you know, so you have uh, more choices. Naturally, um, and I think that's just a fallout of how many 
comedians are now doing it. Um, so it's just naturally you'll, you know, it's like any product. If when ice cream exploded, you got more flavors, right? It, it probably was only chocolate, vanilla, strawberry. Well, now there's, you can imagine, and you can go to a specific ice cream place that does weird flavors. Like, oh, I want to go. They, they make a Guinness flavored ice cream or a root beer. I've seen these before, you know, and you'll find them in LA. Uh, so with, with, a with a more influx of talent, you know, you have all these niches. Now you have all what, what are called alternative comedy rooms too. We call them alt rooms and you might find them in hip neighborhoods, hipster neighborhoods, where a lot of artists live there, intellectuals, and they, they want a brand of comedy that is different. And, and so you'll, um, those shows will proliferate for those audiences. You know, we, we become it like a, we're a culture now where it's like, I would like choice. We want choices and you can have it your way. Um, it's like that in music too. It's, it's been like that in music for a long time where, you know, you, you gravitate towards a specific style or niche of music. You, I, I like heavy metal and you, you can go and find those live music venues that only play that or a festival that only plays artists like that, or you could find like a reggae music festival. So those niches have come about, I think, because of the amount of people doing it and in, in conjunction with, you know, just all of us wanting more choices in life with whatever we're taking in for, for entertainment. Uh, so that's that's a thing. Um, the, the fallout of that. And this is a this wasn't part of your question, but it's just something that maybe your audience might find interesting. Uh, the fallout of that is you will get comics that will fall into a niche. And they'll only do that. Uh, and that becomes them. And that's what they do. They only do well, like they'll only do well in an urban comedy room or an alternative comedy room. And they'll just stay there. And they'll just all their material will come out of that environment. And um, I'm not a comic that does that. I, I like to try to do all the different rooms if I can, because I'm always I'm always trying to get more stage time. So I'll go do a gay comedy show. I'll do an urban room. Um, they won't let me on the all female comedy shows, of course, but, you know, wherever they'll let me stage time wise, I'll, I'll go, I'll get on the mic and I'll try to make that kind of audience laugh. And then that makes me grow as a comic and it makes me a better comic uh, for the comics that are listening to this. I would say, get get out of your comfort zone if you can. Don't just do those niche audiences. Um, I think you'll grow as an artist if you if you try to branch out and um, and make all kinds of people laugh, you know, and that's sort of the, the, the mark of a true great comedian is if you can make many different people, all ages, all genders, you know, and then if you can move around the world, like I've done comedy in, in other continents. And if you can make people from other parts of the world laugh as well, that's another way to get out of your comfort zone, branch out. The niche comedy is here to stay though. For sure. You'll see that even on Netflix, you know, there's, you know, some people want to watch a comedy special by a trans person, and this is what they're into. They'll watch that. But that person may hate Dave Chappelle, you know, so it's like there's um, so even the platforms want to provide these niches for their audiences. They want to give them a variety, yeah, you know, and it's I think that's great. I think that's great. Is there are a lot of niche comics, obviously, in the UK that are doing very well for themselves, like on the Apollo and all of that. But is, but there's also a bit of distaste in terms of most comics and most of the ones that get ahead 
I fit into a certain genre of sort of mm. type of comedy. Is that, would you say, the case in LA as well? Like there's one or two that, f that are a bit odd or a bit niche that are able to fit in around them. But for the most part, it's sort of straight stand-up that gets the big things. Um, do you mean the, uh, the type of stand-up or do you mean just type of comedy in general? The type of comedy that like TV producers and that gets put up there is mostly just straight stand-up. In my opinion, um, uh, what when it comes to you know these TV production, these TV executives, they're they often will overlook. This is just my opinion. They'll often overlook uh, a skillful stand-up comedian if you're able to tell jokes and get laughs. They'll they'll often overlook that for other qualities of you that can be packaged to sell. Um, and we could, we could kind of postulate why those reasons are, but uh, it's like, it's sort of like that in the cat in the casting world. So when a casting, you know, I'm in LA, I was in New York prior to this. Occasionally you'll do shows and they might be casting people in the audience and the casting people were usually not interested in the funniest comedian on the show. They were interested in the person that they could cast the most, which usually didn't have so much to do with their stand-up comedy skills or their joke writing skills, but what they looked like, what, what their personality was on stage, their image, perhaps their ethnicity, maybe even their, um, their gender or their sexual orientation. Uh, and of course there are, there are trends in the world of, casting and tv production like there are anywhere else so um you know like right now uh, a asians are I, I see a lot of opportunities for asians in the world of uh television and film and in casting um i i also as an as an actor i often submit myself to to uh to acting roles and jobs on the various websites out here and i've noticed in the past few years an influx in asian roles and that makes sense because there's been some really popular Asian um, streaming series and, and films as well. And, you know, in in the culture recently. So those are. So th this is a trend I've noticed. So there's all these other um, uh, forces that might uh, that create a situation where they're more interested in you outside of your stand up comedy skills. You know, you might be the quote unquote flavor of the year, like, let's say, you know, and as as we move into more creating more and more diverse television and films, um, diversity seems to have overtaken diversity in in your ethnicity, your look, your gender, your sexual orientation has moved, I think, above your stand up comedy skills. This is just my opinion, of course. Um, so. You can be kind of funny, but if you have that, if you are of a certain category and a look, uh, you can get work uh, and you're you don't have to be such a great stand up comic at that point. Um, you just have to be OK. I think I think, uh, of course, you can't be so terrible that people are like, oh, geez, you know what I mean? It, it, it definitely leaves a bad taste in your mouth if you're a horrible comic. But if you're just OK, but, you know, you have that look that they want right now, that ethnicity that that's hot right now, um, you know, you can get work for sure, for sure. And of course, uh, even 
with uh, live stand-up comedy shows, there is a there is a thing, of course, where uh, comedy show producers, like I'm just saying, for live comedy, they'll they'll say, hey, you know, I could really use a female comic on my the show that I'm booking. I need to find a female comic, or they'd be like, I need to find an ethnic, a couple more ethnic comics on my show, because people are now expecting that at live shows. So you may be an okay female comic, uh, but because there's a quota now that people want to fill on their live comedy shows as producers, though you'll get a little bit more work than even an extremely funny uh, male comic, let's say, because, uh, you know, we have enough male comics, but we need to fill these other, these other, um, this variety quota to offer what we think the crowd wants, you know, which is people are expecting to see a black comic, a Latin comic, a gay comic, a female comic, on on when they go to a live show now so uh, you can be quasi funny but f- there are other forces that'll bring you to the stage for sure uh, you meant have you heard of the have you heard of someone called the critical drinker what say that again the, the critical drinker the critical drinker no i have not he's a scottish uh, youtube movie reviewer He's got like 1.5 million subscribers and he's been going for for a while as a YouTuber. And he reviews a lot of films and TV series. And they are, they are, it is pretty funny. It's, it's pretty funny, it's pretty accurate. And he talks about like the Rings of Power, House of Dragon, and he talks about Top Gun. And he says with, what's it called, Rings of Power, it was, a t- it's dreadful. I've not seen it, but I've, from what I hear I from a lot it. of people, I hear it's absolutely dreadful. Because I've heard the same thing. It's there's a lot of pandering, like the the acting's poor, and whilst so, with Top Gun, it's it was just focused on being a good product rather than sort of pandering and trying to fit people's needs. And that that's the same case as saying with Disney, because it doesn't want to say anything too controversial with certain nations because it's yeah. So there there's a there's a lot of that going on, um, and you get. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned the word pandering. Yeah, that does happen in, in it's in all industries, it seems. Um, and it gets a little frustrating, frustrating with your entertainment because sometimes the end product is not exactly entertaining. Uh, and, and it's sort of like, you have to ask that question, well, what are we going here? What's the end goal of an entertainment company? Is it to be entertaining as entertaining as possible to put the best talent out there f- on the screen for everybody's enjoyment or is it to make everybody uh or is it to put an image of your company out there where no one can throw a stone at it because you've covered all your bases by being a part of a an all-inclusive culture you see what i'm saying so what what are you going for if you're disney what are you going for if you're netflix uh that image you have you have you have the image of you as a company that people really care about now, they really do. And uh, you don't want bad reviews of your company, right? In, in fact, you'll even accept bad reviews of your product as long as people don't attack your company for being insensitive to the changing culture that we have, not being inclusive. You know, and I guess that's the question is it comes down to the consumer. What do you want? You know, I know what I want. I want the best entertainment possible. I want to see the best comedy, the funniest comedy. I don't care about anything else. I don't care who the 
who the person is gender-wise, who the person is with their ethnicity, where they're from, what their sexual orientation is. I just want the best entertainment. And I, if I was at a company, I would go that way. Given the nature of the landscape, it's very competitive. Why wouldn't you want to put the best comedy material out there? But people, uh, companies make other choices based on other things. So, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not the one in charge of those places and those organizations. And so, you know, uh, but if I was, you know, I would I would question this this new approach. You know, I, I want I want to see the best product. That's all. I don't care. I don't have any. It could be, you know, we have a television is, is skewing away from the elderly. They've been doing that for a long, long time. You hit a certain age and they don't even want you anymore. You, you know, so I, I would rather see an old, ancient stand up comedian on a Netflix streaming special that had amazing jokes than a young, attractive comic with so so jokes. I live in a world now where that that doesn't happen, though. You know, Netflix, you, you know, Netflix just doesn't want your the old guy, <laughs> you know, because they let a few trickle in like Bill Burr and Tom Segura and Rogan. We could say these are old guys. Yeah, in a way. But there's a lot of other old comics that have been doing this for a long, long time that have amazing material and amazing jokes. No one's ever going to see them and know who they are because they'd rather put a young you know, hip comic with a mohawk on instead, you know, this is a, this is another trend. And uh, so I applaud anybody who eschews all of that pressure from the from society and only goes for um, the best talent. Whether it's writing, acting, stand up comedy, music. Uh, I applaud people that that do that because it's sad to say you actually take a risk when you do that. It's like, you know, when Seinfeld was doing uh, comedians in cars getting coffee, I loved it, right? Watch the first season. He's, he's, he's getting coffee with his funny friends. And then he, he, someone reached out to him after season two or one or said, and said, hey, man, you're going to get in trouble if you don't put more women on this show. And Seinfeld was like, what? I'm just putting my people I think are funny that are my friends, you know, and he he said, well, why should I have to fulfill some quota? This is my show. I have funny friends, whether they're men or not. Who gives a damn? They're funny. They're my friends. I'm putting them on the show. Eventually, he gave way to that pressure, I think, in a way, because then you saw a change in it. And um, not to say that the show got worse, but I didn't see a problem with where it was and where it was going because every episode was funny. Everyone on it was his funny friend and I enjoyed it. So, you know, this, this is a phenomenon that's been going on for a bit now and I, I don't see a change anytime soon. It seems to just be getting, um, it seems to be just going in the direction that I, I don't like, which is a watered down product. Um, like, entertainment wise in my opinion but the thing is there was there was a do you watch boxing at all sadly i i'll only watch when jake paul's fighting some idiot <laughs> that's all I. but i don't i don't typically watch it no 
but there's a well the heavyweight champion of the world like Tyson Fury like he's supposed to be the fighter of the generation yeah i know who he is yeah i've um seen one i've seen one or two of his fights he's a great boxer and like yeah that fight of wild is amazing isn't it the way he got up from that punch Woof. yeah but he got an interview of a podcast called true geordie and he questioned he basically Tyson Fury, heavyweight champion of the world, he says he's the people's champion and he's fighting Derek Chisora, who is a boxer who he's beat twice before and quite easily. But he's doing another fight now, which is not what people want. But he's but the point of what I'm saying is True Joy is a massive podcaster now and he he can ask the questions and say what he wants to him because he's got such a big platform and because he's well supported and it doesn't matter what Tyson Fury hmm. does. While so many people now can't do that because they're so scared of doing something wrong or. Yeah. Um, so this has created uh, another idea in your head as a, as a, as someone who produces content, right? Content producers now have to think about this extra thing. You say, well, whereas before I would imagine you just, you just think about how do I entertain my audience as best as I can. But now I have to think of, no, I have to not only entertain my audience, but I have to I have to play it really safe so that people that aren't even my audience won't throw stones at me and accuse me of being, uh, you know, someone who's racist or un uninclusive. It just creates another thing that you have to think about. And and I think it's so competitive, the world of entertainment that. You know, you any sort of time that you take away from just working on your product itself is going to hurt you, whether you're thinking about how do I be more inclusive or how do I not get how do I not get uh, just totally wrecked from comments on YouTube and social media. If you're thinking about those things. I mean, I think your product's going to suffer uh, at the end of the day. If you can live with that as a creator, then then go for it. Um, one of the things I do on my podcast is I just speak my mind and I don't really worry about those other things. I, I try not to say the F word, but other than that, because I want to kind of kind of keep it somewhat clean because, you know, people are listening on smart speakers these days. So there might be children around. And so I don't go crazy on my podcast with swearing and being offensive and gross and dirty. I, I, I don't really do that. But I, I speak my mind and I give my opinion on all sorts of topics, you know, all sorts of stuff. You know, we just covered a story about um, uh, someone who lost his job because he dressed up as Hitler for Halloween. That's a pretty controversial thing. And people slam this guy. But when when you go through the story, you find out that this guy has a, a mental disability. You know, this guy's this guy is although he's an adult man, he has cognitive disability, whatever that they didn't name what it is, but maybe he could be autistic on the spectrum. Who knows? Who knows what it is? But I defended him. You know, so this guy's made a mistake and he doesn't know any better because he has a cognitive disability. This, this, in fact, we could say, hey, what a great thing to happen to him. It's now can be a teaching moment for him in his life. 
but the way people came down on him, it's just like, but I spoke my mind. And, you know, a lot of people wouldn't have said that. They would have said, yes, this is horrible. How dare you be Hitler in the culture? Hitler's a terrible person. I think most most content producers covering the, that story would have said that. And that's the safe way to go. But when you learn, when if you have all the information with the story, you have to go the, like, I went the honest route. The honest route is this guy gets a free pass. <laughs> is something wrong with him? It's he didn't well, kill somebody. He he did something inappropriate that someone in, with his cognitive disability. How many people we know don't pick up social cues very well? You know, uh, you hit on a girl five times. She says, no, you still don't get it. There's a guy. These are guys. There's people out there that don't get it. And it takes it takes some learning for them. It takes a little extra. We're not on the same playing field with our brains. Is everybody aware of that? I mean, we like to. The way that we judge everybody in the culture, it's as though we expect everybody to be on the same mental playing field, the same moral playing field. Well, you know, that would be nice. But uh, the reality is it's all a spectrum and we have morons out there and we have geniuses out there and everything in between. And you can't expect everybody to get on board um, right away with with your new perspectives and your new rules in the culture, words that we can't say. Some people aren't with it, man. It's going to take them a while. It's going to take them a teaching moment oftentimes, uh, you know, and so I, this is what I, these are things that I'll express on my podcast. And I don't I don't care what people think. This is my opinion and I'm giving it and I'll lose listeners, but I'll also gain and retain listeners because they appreciate what I do on this podcast by giving my perspective and my opinion and not caring what anybody thinks about it. I, I let the people attack me afterward. I, I let the people write their bad reviews and then I even read them. You know, I, I made fun of Christians in a recent episode and I had a someone gave me a horrible review about it. And the, the start of the review was makes fun of Christians. That was the title of his of this person's review makes fun of Christians. It's like if you're not paying attention, I actually make fun of everybody on that show on, on my podcast. I make everybody's game, especially if you're if you're a orthodox religion, you're going to get made fun of if I come across it on the show. And by the way, I was raised Catholic. I'll make fun of it all day if I feel like it. You know, it's one of the things, it's one of the aspects of me that I'm actually allowed to make fun of because I am that. So that's the other thing that goes on in the culture. Uh, if you're not that, they don't allow you to talk about it or make fun of it. So now you're gonna tell me I was raised Catholic. I can't even talk about Catholicism or make fun of it. Step off, you know? Yeah, I found good that, definitely. I think, yeah, definitely. You, it's it, you can't have a go at someone for making something that they know about and they're qualified to talk talk about, and it's what they've been through. I would even argue it. You know, this is not happening now. People say that if you're not that, you can't make fun of it. Well, I would argue that that's not true either. I mean, why can't I make fun of Orthodox Islam, the way they treat women, stuff like that? I mean, there's something in everything that is 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 unsavory to somebody so why can't you you know why can't you mention it even if you're not that you know what i'm saying so like i i i go the other way with it you know i make fun of everything but it doesn't come from a place of ignorance oftentimes you know i'm i'll, I'll make stuff fun of stuff that i'm familiar with and then but i also remain open if someone makes an argument 
I'm open to that and I'm open to changing my perspective on things as, as well, which I think is also very important if you're gonna, if you're gonna uh, critique things, you also critique it with an open mind that your, your ideas can be changed with more, with new information or a new experience, you know? Uh, so I, I try to do that as well. That's it. This is a topic that's as my also a part minority as well. This is something that is I'm I'm always a bit uh, in two minds with. I, I had an incident. What's it called? About a week ago, like I was flying for a local comedy gig that I won, and it was a bit of a strange incident in that um, there's a bunch of I say Eastern European because they had the accent and the yeah they sound and the look they they're from eastern europe they were having a chat they were in their little group but as soon as i saw one of them there he was shouting out dvd dvd and i was thinking uh what's 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 going on here i didn't get it the first time but he said it a couple of times and he said dvd dvd and then i was i was a bit sort of taken back by it see in that situation it was someone that i knew and I had a good relationship with it would be cool but it was someone that they don't know me they just see me on the street and they're treating it like we're like it's a funny thing it's a bit like me saying to them could you build us a log or could you could you go on like be my builder for a day mm -hmm. but they thought that was a joke but if it was done in the right way then it's in terms of being just trying to be pally but it felt like he wanted to look cool in front of his friends by taking a piss out of someone else that's exactly and, what was going on. Yeah, taking the piss out of a stranger. And Doesn't way, know, you, you don't know them, correct? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, that's not okay, in my opinion. And I would never do something like that, ever. How I responded back was, mate, DVD's a bit out of fashion. I know you don't understand it and you're not bright enough to understand, but it's okay. And he said, oh, I'm sorry, I'm just joking, I'm just joking. He said, I'm just joking, mm -hmm. but it was a bit like... I don't know. It was a bit of in that situation. It is a lot more <laughs> I could have said and done. You know, when you think as a comedian, you could have said this and that. But in that situation, that wasn't right. If it was someone I knew and we're having a bit of a laugh and a joke, we'll say all sorts Correct. of things and done in a friendly, trying to engage in interact way, rather than just try and make fun of someone in front of your friends' way. Then that would have that would have been okay. Yeah, it's called context. So if the context was it was you and your mates and you guys are always taking the piss out of each other. It's harmless. You know that the intention behind it isn't to really hurt you, you know, but in that context where you're a stranger to them, you know, they're doing it. They're t they're actually hurting your feelings or like attacking you. Attacking is a that's a that's a harsh word, but they're doing it as you for the reason as you said earlier to look cool in front of their friends you know context is everything that's why you know people say this with stand-ups you know in in the in the actual room where the comedy the stand-up comedy show is happening that is the context and that's the context that the comics have created which is why it's it's repulsive to me when people extract clips out of a stand-up comedy show and then attack that comic for saying it and sharing it. So look at what this comic said at this show, you know, and nine times out of 10, you see those videos, the crowd is laughing because in that context, it was permissible to say what was being said. 
in that context, permissible. You take it out and pass it around and say this comic is racist or sexist or whatever. That's that is not it's out of context now and and now an easy target for attacking. But people don't they don't put that they don't make that connection with the context. Your, your situation, same that in that context, not OK. But if it was your friends, you guys have always taken the piss out of each other. That context is is safe. You know, um, this is common, man. This is common. I think you handled it very well, though. It, it was I think it's yeah, it's 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 something. Yeah, context is the biggest thing, as you said. It's huge. It. It's huge. It's everything it's, with this type of situation. Correct. It's everything with this type of situation. And, and, and it gets even worse. Sometimes they'll they'll take a quote out of uh, and, and, you know, they won't even take the video clip of the comedian. They'll actually print out the joke and, and put it in a blog article and be like, the comic said this. And then they they type it and it looks horrible in that way. <laughs> you know, it's that's even further removed from the context. And it makes the comedian an easy target at that point. Um, I, I just it's 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 horrible when they do that. I really hate that. And 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 you see it often, especially with the comics that are really, really famous. You know, um, there was that incident of, of uh, Daniel Tosh and the rape joke that he did. That was that I that I recall a few years ago that I thought they did. That was a horrible thing that they did. Because within the context, everybody laughed. The joke worked. It was permissible in that. But everybody, you take the word rape out of the context because no, they can't they can't even fathom a context within which rape is joking about rape is acceptable. But yeah, there is a context where joking about rape is acceptable. I'm sorry to tell you, be an adult and recognize that context is everything is everything. The thing that's quite there's another po there's a YouTube channel that I follow called um, Eisen Lellinger. That's I think that's what his name is. But he talks about how um, yeah we got dark sides. Stop trying to pretend to be virtuous or this and that. And a lot of times when you try and be virtuous, you're trying you're trying to hide that side of yourself that you don't like. And it's often people using it as a cover for devious things. We're in an entertainment. We know that a lot of people to be this and that to try and get ahead and then when you find what's underneath it's not nice and the thing is it's it's also in some ways maybe they're they're dodgy people and they want to get the dogs to stop sniffing on them so they put the blame on someone else that could or, be happening sure it's also that yeah they want to feel good about themselves but it's bullying what you're doing is like in a school where like like if someone pissed themselves or something and they're all laughing at them and you're making fools out of them it's in it's in this similar way in a way because you're 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 using that as an excuse to try and ruin someone yeah it's, it's and, bullying sure and, and when you say ruin someone you really mean ruin them i mean the they want to take people's careers away is what they want to do right and that's what you're doing i don't know if that's their intention like i'm going to take their career away completely but when you put someone on blast like a comedian like that you We've seen it. Uh, they they could completely disappear and never work again. It it, it is a possible outcome, you know. Um, and so they don't think of that though. They don't consider that. I mean, is that really something that you want on yourself? That you were part of a of a mob that put somebody's career away because you didn't 
you didn't uh, approve of their of a joke they did. You know, it's one thing to say about their behavior, you know, like Bill Cosby, <laughs> horrible behavior. Yeah. And I I'm OK with with, you know, Bill Cosby going to jail and staying in jail for what he's done. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about someone's art, someone's creation that you find offensive, that you don't you don't agree with. Maybe you don't even define it as art. This isn't comedy. You know, this is what they say. That's the this is not comedy. That's what they say, as though they're the fucking referee. Excuse my language of comedy. They're going to tell us what is comedy. And did you ever notice that the people that the people that go out there and say this isn't comedy, those people are often the most the, the people that are so removed from comedy in their own world. <laughs> like they wouldn't know a joke if it hit them in the groin. Let's be real. These are the most unfunny, angry, you know, out of sorts people anyways. <laughs> You're going to tell me what comedy is. You wouldn't know comedy if it landed on top of you, you know? So that's a thing too. And there are some authority. Get out of here. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't kowtow to, to any of that. And, you know, I'm not a famous comic, so I haven't had to deal with that. But I know exactly how I'll deal with it when if I get there, you know, and it, I'm not going to fold. <laughs> Hell no. I'm going to tell them where they can go. And uh, if I lose fans, I lose fans. But the people that know me and know who I am, they'll they'll stay with me. They'll stick with me. They'll be loyal. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Uh, how would how would someone like Patrice O'Neill like uh, do be done with now? Because with Andrew Tate, do you know of Andrew Tate? Yeah. The thing with him, right, his, so many people that I come across, like women and male feminists or whatever, they to say about this and that. But the thing is, Andrew Tate is a marketer. He's using your hatred or whatever to boost his sales for his products. That's yeah. what he's doing. And every time you talk about him doing that, you're doing his job for him. If yep. you don't want him to have any influence or whatever, stop talking about him. Well, we... um. I do a I do a YouTube series called Comedians React, and it's me and another comedian named Dwayne Perkins, and we will we'll take a clip from a, a comedian that we love, and we'll break it down. We'll break down the joke from a technical standpoint. From I mean, between the two of us, we have forty plus years of stand up experience, so we break it down like like a seasoned comic would um, for people. And we did we just covered Patrice O'Neill and. In addition to talking about the jokes, the joke that Patrice did in our episode, we talked about him as, as a as an entertainer, as a comic, and a person. And uh, Dwayne Dwayne knew Patrice very well. And one of the questions I asked Dwayne was, "How would how do you think Patrice would have handled the cancel culture now, especially the way that he would talk about women on his podcast and stuff?" Uh, and Dwayne just said, said it would have been great for him and because he would have his, his, the peak of his fame would have met this cancel culture at the same time. And he was, he was a guy who was totally prepared for that. And the reason he was, he prepared for that is because he's such a great communicator, high level communicator. And when you can communicate your ideas extremely clearly, and concise, then it, it makes it too difficult for people to take you out of context. And, and Patrice, ah. and Patrice, just like Dave Chappelle, 
is, and Bill Burr is a master communicator. Bill Burr definitely uh, punches down on females in his stand-up comedy, has done it for years. It's been part of his thing. But he's such a master communicator that you can't, the people that are trying to attack, you can't. He's, they create, these guys create such an argument that you, you really, you have nothing to go by when you're trying to pull them down. Um, and Patrice is one of those guys. He's just a master communicator of his ideas that they would have, you know, although they would have tried feminists come at him and whatnot, that would have been a thing. I don't think they would have a leg to stand on at the end of the day because, you know, the way that he communicates his ideas, he's very, he's very skilled. He was very skilled. And so I think he would have had a, he would have had, it would have just propelled him even further because he would have constantly been in the news cycle for the outrageous things he said. Uh, but you couldn't yeah. hook it. You really hook it onto him as being a terrible guy and bring him down for that. I don't, I don't think you could. Um, so yeah, I think Patrice would have flourished and, and then, of course, he's the kind of person that can cut you down. Like he was so witty that if you ever if you ever put him in the same room as one of like, like let's just say a feminist or something like he's like, OK, I'll go on your show. You, you, you think what I said was wrong. Let's go on a show and talk about it. And then he would just destroy you. You would never be able to take him down for it. <laughs> like he would have made his point clearly and then he would have put you down and, and would have gotten to the truth of who you are as a person that felt they had to do that to him, you know, like it just would have been amazing to see him handle this. I wish he was still around for, uh, for many reasons, this being one of them, seeing how he handled what's going on in the culture with people trying to censor you as a comedian because they don't yeah. agree with your point of view. I would have loved that. And for your listeners, if you've never, if you've never um, watched Patrice O'Neill's, uh, I think the best place to start is his stand-up comedy special, which is called Elephant in the Room, which was, uh, I think it was recorded in 20, 2014, 13 or something. What was it? I can't remember, but it was the last one he, last and only real special that he did, but it's, you can watch it on, on YouTube for free. It's unbelievable. It's outstanding. He's, he's great. A master, a master. Yeah, I love Patrice yeah. O'Neill. And his, his videos, I, I mean, I've seen a few clips of him on YouTube. Yeah, as you say, he's a master communicator and he just was so smart and clever and so, so aware of things and how things worked and was so honest. And yeah. like, he would be questioned on his podcast, like people were saying this or that, some of the controversial things. And as you said, without repeating it, he would break them down and make them. He would just break, yeah, exactly. He would just break people down. You know, like you, you come at him if you dare. <laughs> Uh, so he had that whole aspect of him. Oh, he was just oh, what a what a what a guy, man. You know what? It's a it's a big loss, I think, not just for the comedy community, but for the culture. I just would have I, th I thought him him right now in the culture would have been great. He's a voice we need right now. You know, I, I really believe that. Do you, uh, Patrice O'Neill, um, like he talks about the red pull blooper and all that but what do you make of like um Andrew Tate is he is he do you feel he's just a marketer like I've said or do you feel he's that's that that's 
so many he's people not, talk about him, but I'm, yeah, I just feel he's a marketer more than he's anything like a Patrice else. O'Neill. He's like a Patrice O'Neill light. And I definitely question his authenticity a bit. It, it does yeah. seem a little bit markety. And and who am I to blame someone? I mean, we all we all do it in, on some level as content creators. You know, I might make a video and I'll try and come up with a like, for instance, for the videos that we make for comedians react. Uh, I'll take the full video, but then I'll then I'll 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 watch because we'll, we'll, we'll do like a half an hour to an hour long. And then I'll look for moments in the video that I think might be kind of controversial and I'll make a small clip of that. And then I'll try and come up with a title that's also a little bit catchy or like turns your head or maybe even shock you a little bit because I'm trying to get people to watch it. I'm aware of that. So this is coming from a place as a creator. I get it. We're all fighting for attention here. Um, and so when I take out that clip, I'll, I'll make a title that I think is a little controversial. I won't completely lie, but I might stretch the truth a little bit in my description of the video just to get people to watch it. I admit I do that. So there, I do have that impulse to to how do I get people to take in my my content? And so I'm not knocking Tate for 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 doing this. I'm. To me, it seems like there's a bit of that with him. He is trying to be controversial for controversy's sake, for the yeah. sake of making an, a career and, and an income. I get it. Um, but I think anybody who's kind of smart and with it can see that he's doing this a little bit. Yeah. You know, and so if you're wise, I don't think you'll be completely taken in. You just see that this is part of it. You know, this is part of it. And that's kind of part of being a content creator now. You know, you want to, you want to, you know, look at clickbait is a thing and it, it goes a lot deeper than Tate. I mean, you, you'll find major news sources who create clickbait content that isn't even truthful at all. You know, like just completely false, like Fox and some of these places, they'll put out information that is completely not true that was never checked upon, the sources weren't checked or provided, and they'll just do it for clickbait. I mean, this is the kind of world we live in right now. And he's just, he's doing that on his own level, in his own way. And I don't, I don't fault the guy for that, you know? If he was spreading complete lies that were creating a situation where he was actually putting people in real danger, then maybe, you know, we could argue that Fox News is worse than him. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it's yes. part of the media landscape now. And I've, I've kind of accepted that. And in some ways, I I use those tools in my own creation, not to lie, but to just sort of get people to take. Oh, what is this? You know, I'm, if I write something, you know, I might write a very um, salacious title to a video just to get people to. Oh, what is this? This, this is kind of a crazy thing. This person wrote. What, what, is this video crazy? And then, you know, I get it. I get it. In other words. Now, you've like you've been in comedy a while. You've been running a podcast for a while. Now, with so many of us running podcasts, so many people here and there. I mean, you, we have a lot of comedians. We have a lot of a lot of um, our Facebook friends or all that. And I say every other week, I I see someone announce we got a podcast series or we got a YouTube clip. Please share and watch. And that's the common sort of troop. 
And a lot of times when I watch a lot of comedy podcasts, it's just them chatting to their friends about yeah. bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a thing I really don't like. Uh, obviously, it depends on who the comics are speaking. Like if you watch, you know, Bill Burr and Tom Segura or Theo Vaughn and Bill Burr, you know, you'll, you'll watch those guys have a chat because they're the, it's Theo Vaughn and Bill Burr. Yeah. Uh, but our peers, like my peers and your peers that are just, hey, I am starting a podcast. And then you go and it's just them and another lo- like mid-level comedian talking and there's no structure to it. They're just like, they think that I'll just get, to get together with another comedian and we'll talk. And it's, of course, it's going to be funny because we're comedians. So we'll talk about the weather or what we did this week. Uh, and it, why does it matter? People will still listen to it. Well, I'm sorry to say people aren't going to listen to that because they can go listen to Bobby Lee and Joe Rogan just talk about bullshit. Why are they going to listen to you? Someone you don't, they don't even know, or maybe they know you, but they don't know the comic that you're with. I mean, you really have to consider that you're the landscape of podcasting before you get into things. Now, of course, that's not to say if they want to do it for fun and no expectations, by all means, it's fun to get together with your comedian friends once a week or once a month and and shoot the shit, as they say. That's fun. But don't expect it to have any sort of widespread appeal and certainly don't expect to make any money with this kind of approach. Uh, And I I usually advise comedians that's because they will you know, because my podcast does has had success and they'll ask me for advice on that. And if if their pitch to me is I'm going to get together with another comedian and, and we're just going to get together once so we can talk about whatever's going on. I, you know, I usually will try to dissuade them from that idea. I would I always recommend to get to get very specific with your podcast, because the more specific you get, uh, the the better access to an audience you'll have. For instance, if you do a, I don't know, if you do a tennis podcast, right? If you just do tennis. Now you've already, you've opened up that tennis community right there. Now, of course, there's probably many tennis podcasts now. So maybe you want to get even more specific. You know, maybe you just want to do a a podcast about Wimbledon. You, You cover Wimbledon. You do the history of Wimbledon. This is a very specific niche, right? So now you've now you've separate you've parsed out even more specific audience for your your podcast and then you have a shot at the podcast getting organic reach but you you're going to you're not going to get any organic reach if you're if what your podcast is about is extremely muddied you know it's just general it's just me and another comic getting together and talking. i mean you're just it's a real uphill battle at that point i got very lucky i did i chose something very specific and then the, I chose a very specific format too, um, both of which were sort of unique at the time. You know, um, I do a five day a week n- weird news, you know, and, and so at the time I started it, there was no weird news podcast. Now there's some, none of them are every day, maybe once a week, maybe once a month. So I'm doing five day a week weird news. No one else is really doing that. Um, that I know of. And so right away, I've separated myself. If you want weird news every day, I'm one of the only games in town, in town. And when I say in town, I mean, two million podcasts, you know, and and so if you can get very specific, that's the, that's the way to go, because then you'll have some organic reach. Other than that, it's um, 
I mean, you might as well shoot a video of you, you and your buddy pissing in the wind. I mean, no one's really going to it's hard to take, you know, you're just who's going to who's going to listen? <laughs> you know, I mean, you and your family and your friends might. But that's and that's fine because they know you. Maybe so. Maybe they'll listen. I don't know. But I, I don't I usually don't recommend it. And now it's even worse, given the the uh, the the podcast competition. The landscape is crazy now. There's so many. I mean, how do you stand out? You stand out by getting very specific and just talking to your buddy about the weather isn't specific enough. I'm sorry to say. What's, what's been, what's been a horrifying thing you've listened to in a, in a podcast or YouTube video. What's been a piece of content that's made you go, what's this? Oh, uh, geez. Uh, well, you know what? There's a lot of, there's a lot of clips of, um, just, people being attacked on the streets of the United of, of America. A lot of them have been coming out, man. There's a clip of a, a lady, uh, someone, a homeless person smears shit on her face, like at a subway. Uh, this stuff is alarming to me. Uh, I mean, it doesn't make me puke or, you know, I'm not completely scared for my life, but I'm extremely concerned with the number of just random acts of violence in the culture. Now, maybe this was going on before, but now there's all this video of it and it definitely concerns me. I, I had a I had a thought where I like that I would uh, do a cross country tour of the U.S. this summer and I would go and do visit. Um, I would go visit fans of the podcast because I have fans all around. I could go to any major city and there would be fans. I could put on a stand-up comedy show and they'd come out and then I could also sleep on their couch, you know, record the podcast in their home, sleep on their couch and then go on to the next thing. Like I thought oh, I could do that all across the country. That would be cool. What a fun way to spend a couple months this summer. And then I had to check myself because I'm like, wait a minute, I could be killed on this trip. <laughs> like the, the, my country is so violent it's very concerning and it's it's very concerning how randomly violent it is in other words on this trip of mine i don't have to go seek violence i don't even i don't have to go seek a situation i don't have to go in other words i don't have to go hang out at a some seedy bar where clearly bad shit happens or a bad part of town i could be anywhere i could be sleeping in my car in a target parking lot and people could just run up on me and light my car on fire. I mean, like these, this is what's going on in my country. And, and these videos have put me in a state where I like, I'm really, I think about it. And I actually thought to myself, well, maybe this, maybe doing a trip like this is not a good idea for my own safety, which is really sad because 15 years ago, you know, when I was in my twenties and shit, I would have totally jumped on this opportunity and done it and not even think twice and had a great time. Now it's something I think about. It makes me cringe. Now this isn't, I'm sorry that I took your podcast down this episode down to such a low place for those who are, who are still hanging on. <laughs> <laughs> so, so sorry. <laughs> I'm just trying to be real here though. This is what, this is what, this is my mindset right now. And it's the mindset of a lot of Americans right now, man. Welcome to America. <laughs> yeah, welcome to. I'll tell you this: if I was to make this trip, I would, I would not go without a gun. How can I? How can I not go without a gun? I'm gonna go unarmed. Are you out of your mind? No, I have to. I would have to have a gun on a trip like this. I just would have to in this country right now, for sure, for sure. That's a crazy thing to say, 
it's a crazy thing to hear come out of my own mouth. I never thought I'd be at this place, but here we are. Well, in the UK, you probably need knife. But you need no, a knife. no, 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 that's not true. It's not as bad. <laughs> no one hear that bad, but you, in certain parts. Maybe. I would go with a sword. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. You know, you've got to stand out and win. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> yes, yes, of course. Bit like Game of Thrones, eh? No. <laughs> oh, I was thinking more like a samurai sword, but yeah, we could do the Game of Thrones sword too. I'm okay with it. Yeah, so that's stuff that's made me cringe lately. It's um, it's not funny either. Sorry. So it's very real. But to be in the position right now you're in, and for like comics that are listening in, in terms of like podcasting or social media or getting better as a comedian, and being in a position where they're not as worried about where they they go out and they express their own thoughts rather yeah. than like be a member of the herd yeah. what what bits of advice would you give well if you've chosen to become a comedian then you're already not listening to your culture right or your social the social pressures that are around you so i i applaud anybody who decides to have this lifestyle or to be an artist in general and to do it seriously as a lifestyle i, I applaud anybody because there's too much societal pressure to go elsewhere, you know, this uh, and, and oftentimes even from your family to be like, what are you doing? You have a degree and you're going to do this. Y you know, there's a lot of that people encounter. I was fortunate in that my family didn't give a shit what I did. Uh, so that was that made it easy to just sort of kind of become an artist and live some strange lifestyle where I don't go to a nine to five and I don't have a family or I don't I didn't I didn't buy a home with a garage and pump out some babies. So if you've decided to do to become a stand up comedy a comedian, then I mean, I applaud you. It's very honorable to me. Uh, and the good thing now is that we we have the tools to help elevate us. Uh, and it's in the digital world. It's in the digital world. I mean, you can find a place to do a show anywhere and the show only has to be for 10 people. It's, but that video clip you make can reach a million and a half people. You know, that's the kind of world we live in right now. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool as a, as an artist, uh, a performing artist, especially where you you're the clips of you doing what you do can go far, you know, and it don't cost you much to make them either. You know, you just set up your, you could just set up your phone and a, at a, at a comedy open mic and you could do a bit that people seem to love online. You never, you'd really never know what it's going to be that goes viral. That's, that's, that's sort of like a mystery that we haven't figured out yet, but you just put as much up, put as much content up as you can put it up on YouTube. YouTube shorts right now are really exploding. So I'm putting all kinds of stuff up on YouTube shorts and who cares? what the joke is, if the joke got a big laugh or not, I don't care. I've just put, put it, put a minute, a minute, a minute, and just keep putting them up. You know, I'm, I'm taking, I'm going back and grabbing all these old comedy clips that, that comedy videos that I have in my hard drive and like cutting them up, putting them on. Some shows were shitty, some weren't. I don't even, it doesn't even matter, man. It doesn't even, because the ones I think are great, they get crappy comments anyways. So who cares? You know, people, you put your best stuff up there, the trolls still come out of the woodwork and be like, not funny. You're like, okay. The crowd is laughing, but how is this not funny? So 
I'm at the point now where I see, oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether the whether your stand up clip got a laugh or not. Just fucking put it out there. Just put out as much content as you can. YouTube shorts, bam, 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 bam. Just a stream of shorts. That's what that would be my recommendation for an up and coming comedian right now. Shoot all your shit and cut them up and put them on YouTube shorts and just see what flies. Um, and it, it's a great time we live in now where that stuff can help elevate you, though, you know, and it, it's it's like we're at a place now where. You don't have to wait for some gatekeeper to give you access to their platform or their stage. You can create such a, a, a huge following online that you don't need those other people. You don't need to ask, you know, you don't have to reach out to bookers and kiss their ass. You know, you don't have to have those late night drinks with the bookers. And, you know, you know, this this helps, of course, especially locally in your local area. You want stage time that you got to kind of do that. But on a bigger level, you don't ever have to do that. If you go crazy wild online and you go viral, you don't have to do any of that. Um, and and it's it's pretty easy now with your phone to just put up clips like that. Uh, as far as podcasting goes, you know, I think we alluded to it earlier. Of course, it's a great time where you can make a podcast very cheaply. This microphone I have is great. It costs 70 bucks. It's like it's in a really good microphone, too. You can put it right in a phone and a laptop. I can make really great quality audio for very little money. Um, but podcasting, as we alluded to, is very uh, crowded field. So um, you need to have a very calculated approach with that. And, and that is, my, in my opinion, get very specific with what you're doing with that, unless you just want to have fun with it. And that's that's cool, too. You know, you can use it as a networking thing. You know, for instance, yours is I'm sure you use your your show for networking. You know, you have comedians that you admire. Uh, you know, you have me on the show. Now, when you come to L.A., I got some paid work for you, bro. You know, this kind of thing happens. I got you have you come to L.A., you have some questions. You you want to be introduced to some people, get on some shows. You, you can reach out to me. It's like so you can use yeah. this for something else. Versa. Yeah, yeah. So you can use it for that too. Super helpful. So if that's what you want to do, go to it and then have your have comedians on and talk to them. It doesn't have to be about anything specific. Um, but to, to, I wouldn't expect this money to be flowing in from the podcast any anytime soon if that's your approach. And just be aware of that, you know. Um, but again, it's another way to put out content too. So um, who knows what can happen? Maybe Maybe there's a video clip of you and your co-host. You guys, you guys did something crazy, and then you share that on other platforms like YouTube or something or Instagram or TikTok, and that clip can kind of go crazy. So you can use all of the stuff that you do, whether it makes money or not. It's still content that can be repurposed and used, and it can help get you out there and get that following that you're eventually trying to get so that you can make the money and you can do the things that you want to on various platforms and even in live venues. Yeah, yeah. So all content is great. I'm, I don't want to I don't want people to think, oh, he's saying I shouldn't make content if, unless I have this purpose. Well, no, no, no. I'm not saying that because um, all content can be useful. As I just said earlier, I'm taking old clips of me doing stand up and repurposing them. And, it, you know, so some of them aren't that great. Hell, man, just putting out the content on a daily basis. I try to I try to do it every single day. Um, uh, so, yeah, content, creating content is can never end, whether it's bad or good, in my opinion. I used to think otherwise. <laughs> I used to think only do it, only put out a stand up clip if it's very good. 
only put out this if it's very, very high level. Now I'm like, doesn't matter. Just put out the clips, cut them up minute, 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 minute. Just share them, pump them out there as much as you can. Be like a machine gun of content. I think that's the way to do it right now. Yeah. Until you find your bigger thing, until it, you find something that kills all the time and you just focus on that. That could be a thing. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, you find, I mean, eventually you'll find what people want from you and then you just have to hope that that aligns with who you are and what you do. You know, I know a comedian who started putting out dancing videos. His dancing videos got more views and likes than his stand-up videos. And so now he's kind of stuck where he's got to keep making these dancing videos. I'm not sure he enjoys it. No. You know, I mean, I, I would think that he would rather be respected as a good comic. Um, so the, 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 that's kind of tricky. You know, that's that's a tr that's a tricky situation to find yourself in. You know, so it's like when you go to a now when he goes, if he gets crazy popular as a dance guy, when he goes to do stand up comedy, are they just going to be like, no more jokes? Just could you do it some dancing? <laughs> like, I don't I don't know if that's going to happen, but it could. You can see a scenario. When that happens, it's like when Dave Chappelle got back on stage after doing the Chappelle show, it's like people would just were screaming, I'm Rick James, bitch, Rick James, bitch. They just wanted him to, you know, they weren't. Yeah, they're like, you're stand up. Yeah, but we want you to say Rick James. So you have to be you have to be careful with what you get, what people like what you become known for online should align with where you want to go too. So I'm not, you know, so I would say if you want to be known as a stand-up comic, just keep putting out the comedy, the stand-up comedy clips for sure. Um, and we can do that on the cheap right now. It doesn't cost a damn thing. Yeah. TikTok, eh? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Now, for anyone that's listening on here, I know we we made a joke about saying, "Listen here, guys, if you don't fucking listen to this podcast, they're going to be sorted out." So, like, if if for anyone that's listening right there now and they're like, "Listen here, Sunny Jim, you better tell me about how to find out about you on like social media, email, and all that." What do you say? Oh, I would just give people my Instagram, which is uh, Funny Jones. Yeah. And from there, you can find everything else. You know, my podcast is my um, if you just on it, if you if you just want to search for the podcast on a podcast platform, it's called Weird AF News. So it's like weird as fuck news, weird AF news. And then for those comedy nerds, if you got some real comedy nerds on here, uh, comedy nerds would love that YouTube series I'm doing with the other comedian, Dwayne Perkins. It's called Comedians React. There's a link to it on my Instagram at Funny Jones. But I would highly recommend that we just released episode uh, is it five, uh, which is uh, Louis C.K. And uh, so uh, we've done Louis, we've done Patrice, Chappelle, Richard Pryor, Richard Jenny. Uh, is there a sixth one? No, I think that's it. We've done five so far. But we we really get nerdy about the stand up. So stand up nerds, we really break it down. So you you I think they would people like that big fans of stand up comedy or other comedians would find it pretty fascinating. And you get to hear like Dwayne Perkins is a, a master. So you get to hear Dwayne Perkins break it down. You know, I mean, I'm pretty good myself, but Dwayne Perkins is like, he's unbelievable the way he breaks this shit down. A lot of times I just just sit back and listen to him. And, you know, he's he's been in the game forever. 
So it's super educational, super educational. Yeah, if you like the the craft of stand up comedy. And if they want to be higher up the membership, how much do they have to pay you? Do they have to pay you a hundred pounds, five hundred pounds for the proper good stuff? <laughs> <laughs> no, I give it all for free, baby. <laughs> See, that's what it is, guys. You get all the free. <laughs> yeah, we we when me and Dwayne do that series, we do it because we like it. We you know it came from a place where him and I get coffee all the time. Like get coffee every week, and we would talk about the art of stand up. We talk about it like two dorks. You know, we really geek out about it. And so I thought, hey, man, we should do this is something, you know, people might want to hear this. Let's break down some comedians jokes. So we watch the video. You can see the video on YouTube. We're watching the bit and occasionally we'll even pause in the middle of it and be like, whoa, did you see what he just did right there? Or she just did right there. Like that is what a risk, you know, like we'll just kind of break it down, like what they're doing, point out things to you that you might not have seen before from the perspective of um real veterans of stand-up comedies it's 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 pretty cool it, yeah and the comics that that we love are are great like patrice o'neill we covered and if you're not familiar with him this is a great way to get familiar with him you know it's, an, it's another way for us to share to the world the comics that we really really love that you may not be so familiar with okay so guys you know where to go if you want to be get your glasses on and start studying comedy properly you know where to go if you want to hear some weird news that make you feel about yourself better about yourself you know where to go <laughs> yeah you will feel better about yourself for sure and yeah. if you like this episode and if you want to watch jonesy perform remind you if you're a bad audience member he has a gun uh yeah i do uh yeah. well I'm, i'll need to be getting one soon yeah all my shows are posted on the instagram at funny jones so, so you guys where, yeah yeah you know where to go guys and if thanks you so this... much marvin for having me i appreciate that i hope your audience uh, found it uh, entertaining and educational as well and maybe we even converted people today you never know you know let's see let's see we, we <laughs> we're like a cult <laughs> yeah, exactly the cult of comedians yeah come join us guys <laughs> you too can can make very little money talking to strangers. <laughs> <laughs> Come and join us, guys. You know you want it. <laughs> well, hope you've enjoyed it. If you liked it, share it with your friends. Give us a five-star review on Amazon or iTunes. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. We got some, we got a script writer and a comedy sketch writer coming up. We got a comedy journalist coming up. And we got a comedy couple coming up. Thank <music> you.